0: 43. Ed her, The thoroughness of your methods, preparing the system, etc. greatly adds to your success, as well as your skillful treatment. I shall ever hold the surgeons at the Invalids Hotel and Surgical Institute as a green spot in my memory. Yours respectfully. N. S. Johnson. Bloomfield. Iowa. Hernia and piles cured without pain. World's Dispensary Medical Association. Buffalo. N. Y. Gentlemen I have been successfully treated at your institution for piles and also rupture of the left side. Your institution is all it claims to be, and the treatment of my case was accomplished without pain and apparently any risk. Your method of using locally cocaine as an anesthetic is such a decided improvement. I did not have to take any dangerous of or chloroform, but had a small quantity of medicine injected that made the operation as painless as though it was being done on someone else. At the same time I knew everything and could see what was being done. You had my kindest thanks for the good care and many attentions given me. Your nurses and physicians all give kind and skillful care. Yours very truly. J.J. J. Apolivar. Tuscarawa's Company Ohio. Large Pile Tumors. World's Dispensary Medical Association. Buffalo. NY, gentlemen I was afflicted with piles for many years. Brought on by heavy lifting during the war. My suffering was extreme and the pile tumors gradually increased in size. Notwithstanding the fact that I tried many different kinds of treatment, after becoming physically incapacitated and unable to do any work at all, and after much hesitation, I visited your institution as the last resort. I am happy to state that my visit there has resulted in a complete and permanent cure. A year or more has now elapsed since I placed myself under the care of your specialist, and I wish to thank you most heartily. For the attention which I received while there, and for the cure which has been accomplished in my case, I cannot say enough in favor of you and your staff of physicians who gave every attention, and whose treatment has been so successful. All suffering has entirely vanished, and I have gained about 35 pounds in flesh. Respectfully yours. J.C. Bagley. Watts Flats. Cho. Company and large pile tumors, chronic inflammation of bladder, World's Dispensary Medical Association. Buffalo, and why, I was troubled with piles for 30 years, These were very mild at first but gradually increased in severity, and I was unable to get anything which would relieve them, they gradually increased in size, and for a good many years past have caused me a great amount of pain, the tumors became of large size and protruded whenever I lifted anything heavy or strained in the least, also bled copiously at times, this, together with chronic inflammation of the bladder, with which I had also suffered for some years, rendered my life miserable. Physicians at home gave up my case as hopeless, and said that they did not think I could be benefited, and certainly not cured. I visited your institution, hoping to obtain relief, but with very little faith, and happy to say that the treatment which I obtained there has resulted in a permanent cure of the piles, and the inflammation of the bladder has been so greatly relieved that at present I had no suffering of any kind. The cure is complete and I feel like a new person. In fact, I have not experienced such comfort in many years. I shall always appreciate the kindness and attention shown me by your staff of physicians, and also by the nurses in your institution, and shall advise my afflicted friends to make you a visit. Very respectfully, Peter Crump, Denison, Goodoo Company Men, Pile Tumors, World's Dispensary Medical Association, Buffalo, NY, since the spring of 1872. I have been troubled with pains in head, the result of sunstroke while in the U.S. Army, and pile tumor growth, for the last named disease I was treated at the Invalids Hotel and Surgical Institute, in June of 1887, and the growth, as I believe, is killed, and the result has been a great benefit to my general health. I am quite comfortable and with strength to look after my little work and superintend the same, much better than before treatment, for which benefit please accept my thanks. Yours respectfully. S. H. Crosby. Manito. Mason Company ill. Bad case of piles cured by home treatment. World's Dispensary Medical Association. Buffalo. NY. Gentlemen I received a few days ago a communication from you requesting a photo. Of myself. I will say that I am sorry. But I have had no photograph of myself taken since I was a child. But will gladly give you a testimonial and I will answer by letter any skeptical ones that you refer to me provided they send a return addressed and stamped envelope for reply. Just one year ago, I was suffering at told agonies from internal piles and prolapses of the rectum, my bodily pain was so great that the mental strain was almost more than I could stand, I was useless to myself and family and had about persuaded myself it would be better to take my life, and I think I should have done so had not a copy of the Common Sense Medical Advisor happened to fall into my hands. I was not certain just what my trouble was, at least what to call it. I began the chapter treating on pile tumors, and then I realized just what my trouble was. I wrote you and received encouragement. I sent for a month's treatment and it was certainly the best investment I ever made. I received the medicines at noon read the directions carefully and commenced at once to carry them out. I seemed better the next day. I suffered less, and in a few days there was a decided change for the better. I continued the medicine until I had taken all of it, I had not taken any since, except occasionally a few of drive Pierce's pellets, just enough to act as a mild laxative, I am perfectly well, I was always more or less constipated all my life, I now understand that by keeping the bowels open and in good order, I could have avoided all of the suffering that I have gone through, my friends all think my recovery almost a miracle, I feel, oh, so grateful to you. I shall never fail to speak a word in your favor to suffering humanity, respectfully. Mrs. J. W. Howard Company Mo., Piles and Chronic Diarrhea, Dr. R. V. Pierce, Buffalo, NY, Dear Sir I was a great sufferer for thirty years from Piles, and take great pleasure in bearing testimony to the fact, that since you treated me, seven years since, I had not had a symptom of Piles. At the above stated period, I had also been a sufferer from diarrhea, in its most aggravating form, for three and a half years, and I was completely and radically cured of that. Also, I beg to assure you, and your noble associates, of my lasting gratitude, and feel no hesitancy in expressing the opinion that but for your great skill in treating me, I should have been in my grave. I state for the benefit of all those who may be similarly afflicted that if they will place themselves in your hands, you will goon effect radical cures, John J. Bradford, Augusta, Perry Company Miss, Large Pile Tumors, World's Dispensary Medical Association, Buffalo, NY, gentlemen allow me to thank you for the kind attention and skillful treatment I received while at your institution for five weeks treatment, I cannot speak too favorably of your institution, you have my best wishes for your continued success, respectfully yours, LHESDA, Hinsdale, Cheshire Company NH Headache, World's Dispensary Medical Association, Buffalo, NY, gentlemen I have used your medicines for a number of years, and know that they do for me all that is claimed for them, I am employed mostly at my desk, and not infrequently have an attack of the headache, it usually comes on in the forenoon, at my dinner I eat my regular meal, and take one or two of Dr. Pierce's pleasant pellets immediately after and in the course of an hour my headache is cured and no bad effects. I feel better every way for having taken them not worse, as is usual after taking other kinds of pills. Your pleasant pellets are worth more than their weight in gold, if for nothing else than to cure headache. Very respectfully, E.V.A.R.G.A.S.O.N., Otter Lake, Labor Company Mitch, Dyspepsia, Neuralgia, World's Dispensary Medical Association, Buffalo, NY, Gentlemen before using your medicines, My food would not digest, then neuralgia set in and I suffered severe pain through my sides, shoulders, breast and stomach. Pilius attacks were frequent, then my flesh began stinging and my heart began beating badly and making me so that I could not lift a chair, and altogether threw me into a cramp and a numbness, and the family thought I was dying, and sent for another doctor who said it was hard to do anything for me, he visited me almost six years and did not help me. The pain was so great I had to scream, I said to my doctor. Can you give me something, and he said, yes, but it will not do you any good. I told him he had not done me any good in six years, and I would quit him. I saw I was almost gone, very pale and weak and did not eat anything. I began your golden medical discovery, and one half bottle helped me so much I began work and improved fast, it helped me so I got ten bottles. While using them my friends said when I quit I would be just as bad as ever. It has been five years and no need of a doctor yet. And I will say that I think it cannot be beat. And I will still believe in it. For if it had not been for the golden medical discovery I would have been in my grave. Your medicines have helped my brother. And father is using it now and it is helping him. I remain. Your true friend. Miss CBGWIN. Cowardin. Bath Company VA. Bloating of Bowels caused by liver disease world's dispensary medical association buffalo N.Y. why gentlemen my son aged fourteen years was taken with bloating of the abdomen this would go down leaving the part so sore he could scarcely stand we had three different doctors to treat him but he grew steadily worse we then commenced giving him drive pierce golden medical discovery and after using it three days he commenced to improve Last summer he had so fully recovered his health as to make a full hand in the harvest field. He took, in all, only six bottles of the Golden Medical Discovery, and it saved his life. Respectfully yours. JBWADRing. Lead mine. Tucker Company WVA. Nervous Dyspepsia, Uterine and Spinal Weakness. World's Dispensary Medical Association. Buffalo. NY. Gentlemen I had nervous dyspepsia for 20 years. Followed by uterine and spinal weakness with irritation of the same. In the spring of 1890, I became so exhausted that I was compelled to keep to my bed with symptoms of paralysis in the lower limbs, and many other distressing symptoms. I accidentally obtained one of Drive Pierce's medical advisors from a friend, and finding my ailment so well described therein, I wrote to Dr. Pierce for his advice, which he sent by return mail. For my recovery, he requested me to use his golden medical discovery his favorite prescription, and his pleasant pellets, he also gave me some directions for everyday living, these means accomplished my complete cure, I am thankful that we can have such reliable medicines brought into our homes without great expense, yours truly, Mrs. American A, Volga, Jefferson Company and, dyspepsia, torpid liver terrible suffering, Dr. R. V. Pierce, dear sir when I commenced your medicines, had headache all the time, indigestion, pain in my back and loins, soreness and stiffness in my joints, my limbs ached so I could not sleep at night, I could not lie in bed more than two or three hours any night, when I would lie my head on the pillow I would have to arise immediately to get breath, sit up and walk the floor very near all night, I could not eat anything that would digest, I would do the cooking for the family, but I was in so much pain the tears were in my eyes all the time I would get a meal ready. I would take one mouthful of bread and then go off and sit down and cry with hunger, but dare not eat anymore, and then would have to vomit from that one mouthful of bread. I would have such weak spells I could not stand on my feet. I had tried five doctors. They had done me no good. I had given up never to take anything more, only to all the pain. I had given up to die when I received a pamphlet and some papers from you. I decided to try once more and I have been improving ever since I commenced your treatment. My health is better than it has been for 15 years, I weighed 100 pounds when I began taking your medicines, now I weigh 130, as much as I ever weighed, I have taken 10 bottles of, favorite prescription, and still more of, golden medical discovery, and several vials of the, pellets, your sincere friend, Mrs. M. H. Obanon, blamed to, leak company miss, the nervous system, the nerves of the human body are not unlike the gas telegraph system of this continent, The millions of nerve filaments are similar to the network of wires that keep all the cities in close sympathy and communion. The nerves have to deal with organs instead of villages, and with cells in place of individuals. Commerce is regulated and train loads of food supplies dispatched here and there by telegraph. While in the body the nerves send their analog, increased blood and nourishment, where it is required. Illustration, view on roof of Western Union Telegraph Company Central Station, Buffalo. NY showing network of wires leading to all parts of the country, the various organs of sense receive manifold impressions of conditions to be met, food required and dangers to be avoided and the nerves transmit these impressions telegraphically to the brain, the structure of the brain, spinal cord and sympathetic nerves, is not unlike a gigantic and complicated galvanic battery, the number of cells in the brain and spine are more numerous, by many millions, than those supplying any telegraph system. As the blood supplies each cell with its necessary nourishment and removes its used up or waste materials, so does the workman give each cell of his battery fresh chemicals from time to time, and removes the used up waste. The wires that lead from this battery to every part of the country are like the nerve filaments that go to each part of the human body and make them all no matter how many perform their functions in a proper manner, and, when done, permit them to retire to a rest, with the complicated human structure. When disease takes hold, we have the same troubles that would be presented were the telegraph operator suddenly to become ill. What confusion and discord would prevail, if the sickness is severe enough to cause delirium? It would be as though madmen were at the telegraph keys dispatching trains of passenger cars which could hardly fail to bring injury and destruction to unwary travelers. In health, we are unaware of the work of the nerds, The wheels of life move without noise. Few realize that the cavities of the heart auricles and ventricles are contracting steadily and alternately under the guidance of nerve cells. By this means the stream of blood, laden with nourishment, is sent to every part of the body. Silently the stomach pours out, under nerve influence, its juices that dissolve and change parts of the food, that it may pass into the blood in condition to nourish. In a similar way, the pancreas pours out a fluid that digests the fats. The muscular fibers of the intestines are caused to contract rhythmically and force along the bolus of digested food, so that its soluble parts may be taken up by the minute absorbent vessels to enrich the blood. All these things of most vital importance we know least about. They go on, from day to day, without our being aware of the work done. Let something interfere with the process. And how quickly is the sensation changed? Few there are who have not felt the agony of colic pain, due to stoppage of digestion. What suffering is greater than the sense of awful suffocation from a heart that is not acting well? These are only familiar illustrations of a thousand and one distressing derangements and symptoms that come from exhaustion and prostration of the nervous system. Nervous stability or exhaustion, this affection, also popularly known as nervous prostration or nervous weakness, and to the medical profession, as neurasthenia or nervous asthenia, is becoming alarmingly prevalent. The wear, tear and strain of modern life are concentrated upon the nervous system, the care and consequent fret, worry and labor of this age are greater than ever before known, the result of this extreme activity, is exhaustion and weakness, physical bankruptcy is the result of drawing incessantly upon the reserve capital of nerve force, we extract the following from an article which recently appeared in the New York Tribune, an age of nervousness, the stone age, the bronze age and the iron age we had heard of, likewise of the Dark Ages, and other self-marking eras in human history. As for the present, it might with fitness be known as the age of engineering, or of electricity, both of which proud titles it has won by its achievements. Yet there is also a less roseate view to be taken of it, and another title to be given to it, based upon its two evident frailties, namely, that it is an age of nervousness, such as the view taken by the famous psychologist, Dr. William Irby of the University of Heidelberg. Nervousness, he says, meaning nervous excitement, nervous weakness, is the growing malady of the day. The physiological feature of the age, hysteria, hypochondria and neurasthenia are increasing with fearful rapidity among both sexes. They begin in childhood, if not indeed inherited. Minds are overburdened in school, with too much teaching or misdirected teaching. The pleasures of social life follow, overexerting the already enfeebled nervous system. Business life is made up of hurry and worry and shocks and excitements. Society, science, business, art, literature, even religion, are all pervaded by a spirit of unrest, and by a competitive zeal which urges its victims on remorselessly. No man knows repose. The result island wreckage. The pharmacopoeia is overcrowded with nerve tonics, nerve stimulants, nerve sedatives. The medical profession devotes its best energies to the treatment of neuropaths. And as a people we are, or are becoming, excitable, irritable, morbid, prone to sudden collapse through snapping of the overtense cord of the nervous vitality. Nowhere are the rush and hurry and overstrain of life more marked than in this much achieving nation. The comparative youth and freshness and vigor of the American people enable them to do and to endure what would be beyond the power of an older and more worn out community. Yet there is no disguising the fact that the pace tells even here, and often tells to kill. True all the tendencies of the age are in that direction, inventions, discoveries, achievements of science, all add to the sum of that which is to be learned, and widen the field in which there is work to be done, what we need to learn island however, that all these things are for man, not man for them, if knowledge has increased, we should take more time for acquiring it, knowing that, with the consequent increase of power, we shall be able to achieve as much afterward in the shorter time as our predecessors did in the longer time their briefer study afforded. Greater ability should mean not only greater results wrought, but fuller repose as well. For it would be a sorry ending of this splendid age of learning and of labor to be known as an age of unsettled brains and shattered nerves. A distinguished medical authority says, it is proved beyond any dispute that nervousness is the characteristic malady of the American nation growing upon them in a frightfully accelerated ratio every year, and threatening them with disasters at no distant date which the mind shrinks from contemplating. He continues as follows, The number of deaths from this cause is already appalling and is steadily and rapidly increasing. In some of the busy centers the tables of mortality show that the proportion of nerve deaths has multiplied more than twenty times in the last forty years, and that now the nerve deaths number more than one fourth of all the deaths recorded. What is most shocking in these returns, this fearful loss of life occurs mainly among young people of both sexes. This means that the Americans are fast becoming a very short-lived people, and that if they were shut in on themselves for only a few years, without any influx of vitality by immigration, the publication of the census would send a pang of horror and alarm throughout the land. The annual report of the State Board of Charities of the State of New York for 1894 shows that while the increase in the state's population from 1880 to 1892 was 28%, the increase of the insane in state institutions for the same period was 83%, the enjoyment of the fruits of fortune, earned at the expense of the nerve cells, is an impossibility, the quiet and harmony of the nerve centers and nervous system are gone, rest is impossible, continuance of work only causes increased jarring and discord of that many stringed and wonderful mechanism, symptoms, It is well nigh impossible to give the symptoms of this disease in an orderly manner, as the affection gives rise to a thousand and one varying and oft times vague symptoms, the particular part of the nervous system affected, and also the cause and character of the attacks modify the symptoms. The eminent Dr. Wood says, nervous exhaustion may, in the beginning, affect the whole of the nervous system, or it may be at first purely local, and company exist with lack of general nervous strength. RHA furnishes many examples of the local form of neurasthenia, or exhaustion, the sexual centers being primarily affected, in these cases, however, sooner or later, the whole nervous system becomes involved, so in other forms of the disorder, the exhaustion at first local, finally, if neglected, implicates the whole organism, often, in brain exhaustion, the symptoms are at first purely local. Almost always the cause of a local neurasthenia, or exhaustion, is excessive use of the part, thus, cerebral or brain exhaustion, or debility, is usually the result of mental overwork, while sexual asthenia, or weakness is generally due to abuse of the sexual organs or to sexual excesses, when to the brain fatigue, or exhaustion, are added the depressing effects of excessive anxiety, or allied emotions, the symptoms from the first are more general and the exhaustion may affect chiefly a single function of the brain. In pure brain exhaustion, the loss of a disposition to a work, is usually the first symptom, the sufferer finding that it constantly requires a more and more painful effort of the will to perform the allotted task. At first, there is loss of the power of fixing the attention, and this, by and by, is accompanied by a weakness of the memory, disturbances of sleep are frequent, various abnormal sensations in the head are complained of, In most cases there is not absolute headache, but a feeling of weight or fullness, or an indescribable distress, usually aggravated by mental effort. It is true that in some cases a very dangerous brain tire, mental labor is performed with extraordinary vigor and ease, the power of work, island for the time, markedly increased, and even the quality of the product may be raised, the patient may glory in a wild intellectual exaltation, a sense of mental power. With an almost uncontrollable brain activity, it is probable, however, that these cases are not instances of pure neurasthenia or brain exhaustion, but that there is active congestion of the gray matter of the brain. In these cases, the disease is very prone to end in serious organic affection of the brain. Severe brain exhaustion may be associated with good spirits, but usually there is marked depression, and this perversion of function generally goes on, if the disease be not checked, to decided melancholy. The willpower, like all the other functional activities of the brain, is prone to be weakened, morbid fears may finally develop, and at last, that which was at the beginning a single brain exhaustion, may end in persistent hypochondria, followed by insanity. Peculiar sensations are common in neurasthenia, such as chilliness, and natural itching, a feeling as though ants or other insects were crawling on the skin. Eruptions are common. Attacks of neuralgia are often frequent and sometimes severe, being usually worse in those persons of nervous ancestry. In some cases there is a lack of proper sensation, in others an unnatural sensitiveness. There is also in many cases a peculiar tenderness over some portion of the spinal column, especially in women. In women, with nervous disturbance of the sexual organs, there is frequently great pain felt during menstruation, in others, ovarian irritation and a so-called irritable or sensitive uterus, giving rise to manifold nervous and hysterical symptoms, sometimes culminating in convulsions or fits, in not a small proportion of the uterine diseases which are generally only locally treated by physicians, the local disease is largely and sometimes solely the expression of a general weakness of nervous origin, self-abuse and excesses, it is well known that onanism, or masturbation, as well as sexual excesses, produce an exhaustion of the nerve centers presiding over the sexual functions, this is the common history of spermatoria or loss of the virile fluid by nightly emissions, accompanied by lascivious dreams, general neurasthenia, or nervous exhaustion, may also produce a local weakness of the sexual centers of the brain and spinal cord, with symptoms at least resembling those of partial impotency and great irritability of the sexual organs, or a complete impotence with premature seminal discharge whenever coition is attempted. Many times this condition results from excessive intellectual labor, even with no sexual excesses or abuses. Nocturnal, or nightly emissions, are not always experienced in these cases. When they do occur, the debilitating losses of vital fluid react upon the brain, robbing the victim of courage and manliness and exciting various phases of morbid fear and sensitiveness. Many cases of nervous stability, or exhaustion, are the result of long-continued malarial poisoning, diarrhea, Bright's disease, exhausting fevers or other debilitating affections. Numerous are the cases in which the patient is able to trace the origin of the malady back to an attack of influenza, or group. An epidemic of the latter disease is sure to be followed by numerous cases of nervous prostration, or exhaustion. Care should be exercised. In all cases, it is necessary to make careful examinations in order to detect any obscure chronic disease which may exist. In women, nervous prostration often develops without perceptible cause at the age of puberty or at the change of life. Overwork, especially overwork combined with worry, are fruitful causes of nervous exhaustion in both sexes. And overworked nervous system is always an exhausted nervous system. The nerve cells have been robbed of their vital forces. All the nutritive organs of the body suffer from the lack of nerve control, and the blood vessels that supply the nerve centers are not in proper tone. Hence the supply of blood and the action of the heart are greatly interfered with. Many times, the most troublesome symptom, early in the disease, is an excessive perspiration of the hands and feet. Impoverished or our poor blood, a badly nourished nervous system is irritable. Many of the symptoms of weakness and lack of nutrition resemble those found in congestion or stimulation from excessive blood, then, too, we find sometimes that poor, thin, watery blood, not suitable for nourishment although sent in large amount to the brain, does not properly nourish that organ, there will still be brain exhaustion, as the nervous structures have lost their power of absorbing the nutrient materials from the blood which, being poor in quality, does not vitalize and strengthen the nerve centers as it should. In such cases thought is an effort and sustained mental exertion is impossible, the memory is uncertain, and the patient drowsy. Occasionally, after rest, there may be flashes of brilliancy, but generally they are brief. Danger of contracting intemperance The patient often learns that a small amount of wine or spirits is a temporary aid, and sometimes its habitual use is begun in this way. Stimulants only make a bad matter worse when their use is continued for any considerable length of time. The sufferer becomes more and more dependent upon them and the nervous exhaustion is much aggravated as large quantities are taken to satisfy the morbid craving that has been acquired. Wakefulness, or insomnia, is present in many cases, in others, there is unusual drowsiness but sleep gives neither rest nor strength, often it is disturbed by dreams that exhaust the vitality and leave the patient more tired than when rest was sought. Headache is one of the most annoying symptoms and sometimes is very persistent. It may incapacitate the patient for the ordinary duties of life. After laying down a while and being quiet, the headache may be relieved, but recurs on attempting to go about. Fretfulness. Sometimes, owing to the discomfort experienced, there is likely to be a change of disposition, irritability of temper, fretfulness and peevishness, a tendency to an irascibility all out of proportion to the real provocation. In many cases there is dizziness, and frequently noises in the head, Ringing in the ears, spots before the eyes, twitching of the muscles, eyelids or eye muscles, and at times dimness of vision, or sudden spells when the sight is not satisfactory. At times there is a feeling of discomfort, as if the quantity of good air were not sufficient to aerate the blood, and there is sighing or a desire to sit in an open window, or a strong desire to be fanned. The pulse and temperature are usually normal, or a little below, but may rise if any local irritation exists. At times the face is flushed and at others pale, the skin may be dry, or in other cases bathed.